All right, folks, welcome to the podcast here in Houston with Mr. Pat Murray, president of CCA National. Pat, good morning. Thanks for joining the podcast. I'm glad that we were able to do this today, and I appreciate you cutting out the time because I know you're a busy man these days, and um, I think I think this is important to uh, to do this now, and um, and I, I'm looking forward to what we're going to talk about here in a second. So welcome, and thanks for joining. No, I appreciate it. I've wanted to do this podcast for some time and um, and just thrilled to be a part of it. And, and it's an important time in, in a lot of lives right now. So I'm glad we're here to talk about all things conservation and fishing and in the ocean. Absolutely. All right. So normally, normally we do on these things, I give the guests a, a final thought or, or what we'll call a last cast. But this time, in addition to getting the last cast, you're stepping off the boat, entering the water, and you're going to get the first cast. So uh, set the set the theme for today's conversation. I love it. Do I have to get a bite on the first cast? <laughs> you can find the fish for me. How about that? Okay. Well, um, you know, it's funny. There's been a well, – you don't have to be around me long before you'll hear this quote. Um, you don't have to read anything I write. You don't have to go to somewhere where I speak. Um, honestly, it's on a big, giant sign outside of my office right now, but it's this quote from this Scottish philosopher, John Bucket. And and I want to I want to – I want to give it to you, um, not only for the substance of what he was addressing, but I think there's a greater point in it. And it's the, the quote is, the charm of fishing is that it's the pursuit of what is elusive but obtainable. And this is the key part here, a perpetual series of occasions for hope. Now, if that didn't capture fishing, I don't know what does. That's what makes us keep going. That's what makes you dedicate your life to it. It's what makes you dedicate yourself to going and trying to get that bite that leads to going to get another bite, another bite, another bite. But what's interesting, and what I'm not sure Buckin knew he was capturing, was that that occasion for hope to go fish becomes a far greater occasion for hope, and that's an occasion for hope for conservation, to make resources better tomorrow than they are today. Because if you have that drive for hope, it turns into passion, and that passion turns into a deeply set belief that the resources have to be healthy or you can't have that occasion for hope and that's what's i think at the very core of cca but maybe even more so at the core of recreational fishing and, and anglers in general and i've i've loved that quote i've I heard you give it in a in a talk a speech one time at an event in lake jackson the hatchery there was having a, okay. a um celebration um so many years of being open. I think it was um, supposed to happen at 15, but it happened at 17. And regardless, when you said that at that moment, it struck me and, and stuck with me, and I remembered it. And it can mean so much, uh, and it is it, it, to, to, it is about um, fishing and so much more. And, and at the time, shortly after that, um, my grandmother passed away. Mm. And the way that she lived her life had inspired me to want to conserve things and care for things. And so I'd heard this quote, and this event happened in my life, and somehow the two things yeah. connected. And it, it, it just had this profound effect on me. And and you're right. Um, what we do, what we're involved in, it is, yes, it's about, it's about connecting and it's about fishing. But it, it, can, be, it can be about so much more. And the, and the heart of it and all that we try to do is, is conservation. So... Uh, thanks for that for that first cast, and um, I'm glad you shared it with our listeners, and uh, I'm glad you shared it with 
with with me so many years ago no, it's, it's it's awesome i'll tell you um having used that all sorts of settings i mean i my goodness i've used it um in different settings it is and of the many talks i give um through a year and through the years it is the thing that i've seen the most nods for or or even more so i see people scramble for a pen and because they want to get down enough of it that they can put it into a browser and try to find it mm-hmm. and um it is it is just darn near perfect to capture what drives all of us like I say to go to the bay to start with and then to make sure that the bay is in good shape the next time we go there so you um you are president of CCA National so kind of walk us through your your path to to your your current position um, how you got started, what you did in your early days, and what what was your draw to the organization and and to being to where you are now? You bet. It's, uh, goodness, it's, I think, my 24th year um, at CCA. I've been in seven positions, um, so I've obviously been tripping around this building for a long time. And prior to this, I was a light tackle fishing guide in the upper Texas coast, mainly Galveston Bay. Um, fished East Matagord a little bit too, but, um, grew up loving fishing, um, grew up loving guiding, thinking guides, guides were always my hero. Um, they were, I mean, if there had been collector's cards for guides, I would have, I would have had the rookie year of Captain X and, and the, uh, <laughs> and the MVP <laughs> year of, of Captain Y. Um, did you, did you, did you go with guides a lot growing up? What, what where did da- you make that connection? Yeah, my dad had hired them and they were probably some of the best times of my life because we actually caught fish when we went with them other than when my dad and I went and we wanted to catch fish right um and you know they just always seemed to have together it was well okay so you as a marine scientist my heroes were fishing guides and marine scientists i mean because they to me they had the secret door they knew how to get to fishing and so from different angles but in the same way and um to me they captured everything that mattered and so I naturally, I started guiding when I was in college, um, running little weekend trips, mm-hmm. overflow from some guides I'd gotten to be friends with. And back then it was $225 for a day of fishing, which is funny. So it sounds like- Full I, day, 225 It was, I think it was, man, I want to say it was 300 full day, 225 half. Okay. But okay. you went ahead and fished basically the whole time. Um, but when you're in college and you got a couple hundred dollar bills, I mean, back then that was like having, you know, like a zillion dollars. And so I was like, I can do this, man. I can like live in my car and run some trips. <laughs> it's going to work out fine for me. Um, but, but anyway, so I got the passion there. And then uh, I fish guided for about seven years full time. Um, you know, would fish 200 plus days a year. Um, and, and it was just awesome. I mean, I woke up on fire every day. And um, didn't catch them every day, but we caught them a lot. Went through some great times, went through some tough times. Um, I started right after the 89 freeze, so it was brutal. Mm, yep. um, but, boy, I got to see it grow. And the one thing that was consistent through all of it was the importance of conservation and was this fascinating little group called GCCA um, back in the early days when I was first fishing and, and first guiding. And I fished in a thing called the Guides Cup back then that was sort of a tournament like there's various iterations of that now in texas um but what i admired was um this model that cca has has followed since its creation of of fundraising membership and advocacy and that all of a sudden all the things i cared about being healthy bays strong estuaries 
lots of fish, um, and being able to go access those fish, this is a group that ensured not only those things happened, but maybe that it even got better. And so it was so impressive to me. And the people that were part of it were impressive to me. And so after I'd fish guided for some time, I got an opportunity to become an assistant director, um, which for those who don't know, in, in our state chapters, assistant directors um, are the folks that you often are most um, most frequently see because they're, they're the ones helping work with all of the volunteer teams to organize all these amazing events throughout the state. And, um, and so that's where it all started. And, and you were, as an assistant director, you were, you, you were able to participate in a lot of different chapters throughout, mm-hmm. throughout the state. And so you had your hand in, in many of them, um, help guiding their chapter development and growing new chapters. So you, when you started, as, a, as an assistant director, do you remember what the state of Texas was at? How many chapters? Gosh, roughly? I don't. I should. Because uh, interestingly, the current executive director of CC Texas, Robbie Byers, and I started on the same day. Um, it, interestingly, I he, we, we were hired the same day, but I had to start a day later because I still had a few trips. You had to books. go guide. <laughs> I did, and, and they were they were accommodated enough to let me run out a couple of final ones so what happened though is Robbie got a much better office than I did <laughs> and uh so they cleared my office out once I got in there so I've learned that pretty early on with CCA you don't miss a meeting don't <laughs> miss a meeting it's kind of like a rule of fishing yeah, I mean, right. is you be careful if you don't get to the spot you don't get the good one yeah and so uh so uh but anyway and um and uh and and so I got to really that role was transformative for me as a person getting to better understand the dynamics of the power of grassroots because I was able to meet all these amazing guys and gals throughout CCA's chapters that were giving it everything they had and basically running these little businesses, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our founder, Walter Fondren, who was a great mentor to me, um, really taught me that, um, that you get a group of people that are like-minded together, and they put on an event and raise money there's just a magic that happens there. That's that culmination of fundraising, membership, advocacy, communication. All of a sudden, these pieces come together, and they they create not only the energy in the community, they elevate the brand, they raise the dollars to go hire the people you need to to um, get the answers you need dealing with regulators or legislators or who knows what. Um, you get the, the impact that can start to push good policy. And it was like, wow, I get it. All of a sudden, all these events that I had gone to as a guy just going to a banquet or I would go to a chapter meeting and speak trying to promote my business and help the cause or the trips I donated. It was always like, yeah, no, that's good. It's an important thing. I'm helping out. Yay, team. And then all of a sudden when you see it, you're like, wow, there is a lot of power in that. And so it really inspired me and and it made me continue to, to stay in the organization and push for more and then eventually went to work for the national organization and and have, and have been fortunate to see basically every component of the organization other than I haven't worked in accounting, which <laughs> is a really good thing. Yeah. Um, not because accounting isn't wonderful, but because I'm not that stellar at it. And, uh, and so I've gotten to really travel the U.S. and see this same thing play out. I tell people all the time, it's funny. You go to a chapter meeting in a CCA state in a city as remote as you can find or as, as urban and metropolitan as you can find, and the passion you find in that room is the same passion that was there in 1977 when this organization was founded. And there's a fabled 14 that first came together. That's technically was in 76 that decided we're going to make a difference for these resources. We're going to put together what it takes in 
in money and in people and in influence and we're going to affect change in these resources and I will tell you that passion is is alive today in the zoom meetings that people are doing right now Mm -hmm. because they can't necessarily be together as they're planning their events and right now that same passion's alive and if anyone wants an occasion for hope it's remembering that that passion's there well there's a lot of things to be excited about a lot of of things going on not just in texas but you know across all all state chapters across the nation so let's just kind of broad strokes we probably don't have time to get into specifics but you know give us uh, a sense of what what is happening in in other uh, Gulf states, and then we'll kind of work our way up the Atlantic. You bet. Coast. I can I can even speak it pretty general. There's a there's a lot to be excited about, um, and it's interesting. It speaks to I'll even pull back for a second. It speaks to the dynamic nature and evolution of of CCA's business model. You know, I talked about that fundraising membership and advocacy core, and those are the core. Um, you've got to have the people, the resources, and you've got to have the right type of management on a you know, on a regional level, state level, federal level. Um, but what's interesting through time is our model has adapted, and we've also added in habitat. And boy, if you want something to get excited about there, and if you want to start talking about tomorrow, that's tomorrow. Um, it's going on today, but it's tomorrow. And adding that in, what we came to find, Walter used to have a great line. He said, with fisheries, you eventually end up at the small end of the funnel. And as you get better and better management, you finally start arguing about, an inch here and an inch there, and a day and a season here and a day and a season there. Well, think about a really well-managed state like Texas. Um, the fisheries are, you know, people can have opinions. People can say something's going right, something's going wrong. But in the end, they're extremely well-managed fisheries. And and we're at that small end of the funnel. So you start to say, okay, well, you know, there's going to be more and more of us. And how are we going to do this? Well, how are we going to make sure those resources are there and healthy? And it's habitat. It's restoring habitat. It's enhancing habitat. And it's all the science that underpins that. So now you have this, this flywheel that's turning because you have all of this momentum that's coming from different places. And so when we, when we start to think about okay, what amazing things are happening, I think there's lots of examples of extremely cool projects, extremely cool initiatives, scientific studies, individual projects. But it's the most impressive thing is this flywheel because that's what's going to take us decades and decades and decades out there. And we're going to need it. Um, you know, what, what the science has shown is on this habitat restoration, it's fundamentally a positive impact in, in creating production in areas that either had dissipated production or, or who knows what. And, um, and then you start to combine it with some of the amazing stuff, particularly in a state like Texas, with, with hatcheries. And, and I know you know that intimately from, from your years at Sea Center and, and in the department. And then not just even, you know, people think of hatcheries as these basically, you know, fish pumps, and it's just going to pump all this fish in the bay. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, but the science, oh, my gosh. And, again, you could speak to it better than anybody. I mean, the science that's going on in those, because they're really probably to call them the hatcheries of diminishment, the research centers. Yeah, yeah. The research centers. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned science and that that's a part of the flywheel. That's a part of the model plugged in with Habitat because you have to have that to direct your decisions and to show that what you're doing is is having a positive impact on the, on the eco. I mean, look at, although it's closed now, but but um, look at Cedar Bayou and the research that Dr. Stunts' lab did prior to and following the opening of that pass. It showed without a doubt that that little bitty fish pass had a dramatic impact on larva recruitment in the adjacent estuary. So 
I mean, that kind of story is repeated over and over again uh, through projects throughout the nation. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned science. It's got to be a part. It's got to be a part of our decision-making yes. process when it comes to these it's projects. Critical. Everyone ought to insist on it. And it's funny because you, you're, you're on a good point because it's forwarding our understanding uh, of what conditions we have, and it's also giving us an indicator of how we can affect that. It's the wonderful truth measure. Not always perfect, but wonderful truth measure. And honestly, as a as for anyone who's a donor, it's the ROI. It shows them what, what did you get? What's your return on investment here? Yep. And it's been funny working with some of our big corporate partners that ask that question a lot. And where do we go every time for that? We turn to science. And we say, what did this project do? What did opening that pass do? And like you say, with, it's interesting you pick Cedar Bayou. You know, Cedar Bayou faced an environmental challenge of, of – of largely resealing but think about the piece of that in that science that showed us oh my gosh how transformative can opening a pass be and we can't open every pass that needs to be opened and we can't maintain every pass that needs to be open but we can but we can try and it gives us something that we can keep working for and it gives us the empirical underpinning to know that those efforts are worthwhile and that's pretty powerful and so it's funny. Uh, I'm glad you asked about accomplishments, but it's hard um, <laughs> because there's so many. I mean, you can go back to what CCA was founded on, you know, and, and, and the removal of single-strand monofilament gill nets in, in Texas. And, and you say, wow, that was pretty amazing. And think of all the, the fish that saved. But what was more amazing is it inspired people to say we can make a change. And so what's so funny is sometimes the accomplishments that dot a chronology on a, on a really powerful social enterprise like like CCA, it's it's when you get way out on that line of you say you got these great mission outputs and you have these broader outcomes that that create change. And but in the end, there's a really important I word and that's impact. And that impact has got an even more important I word associated to it, which is inspiration. And so you see impact, and all of a sudden you get people in states like Florida and Louisiana and and Maryland and California and other places saying, "Hey, that model looks pretty compelling." And we don't know how it's going to work here, but we know that works. And so be it a reef project um, off of Jupiter, Florida, or be it a effort to help better conserve an important fin fish um, off of Alabama. These things all are connected. It's, they're connected through the environment, but they're also connected through us mm -hmm. and how we look at them, and particularly as anglers, how we look at them. The, the greatest, I think, threat to angling or excuse me to the resources is anglers not taking themselves seriously enough and the impact that they can have to affect resources for generations resources do not have to decay in the sense of many of the the hyperbole you may read in, in publications about you know you know the oceans will be polluted by here and the fisheries will be decimated by there and those are real warnings and i get that cannot ignore those but you can't underestimate the ingenuity and the velocity of good conservation yeah and so we've seen that that's i guess maybe that's one of the neatest things in the accomplishments of cca going back to the to the late 70s and and all the way up to now is um i mean if you wrote them on a wall it would be it would be graffiti it'd be just everywhere there's just <laughs> so much stuff that's happened and um and in some weird way they're all connected well the um there's 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 a lot that you can it's tangible that you can that you can go see or you know a deployment um a, a 
oyster reef creation, marsh um, reestablishment, fish stockings, and then there's so much more that behind the scenes that people don't see. A lot of that advocacy piece, the meetings, yeah. the councils, yeah. the pr- participating in the the public process, and and um, speaking on behalf of recreational anglers. And so there's victories there as well that often go unappreciated. And um, you you do you do quite a bit of that in in addition to running this 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 not a small business but this this enterprise you you do a bit of that advocacy behind the scenes with some some great uh, support staff around you so um i for one that gets to see that kind of stuff appreciate that in addition to all the other great stuff that cca does that the average recreational angler sees so it's funny that is the great opaque unknown i mean is the is the advocacy world um and, and I think for a lot of reasons, it's it's it is definitely the world of mystery. And it's funny because sometimes your greatest victory is just stopping something. Mm-hmm. And um and boy, in this this arena, and I don't mean like right now, in particular, I just mean, you know, however long now is that there is a lot more defense than offense, and and that's often the hardest. Um, the the threats that get stopped or the things that get transformed into something different and um it's a funny funny game advocacy is funny i remember um that's one thing that drew me to cca gcca at the time was i was like wow you mean this thing can change the laws that regulate fishing it's like that's really cool it can help influence that you know it's obviously we're going to rely on the regulatory agencies themselves and 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 the legislature and congress and whoever all it might be depending on what area but it's like wow we can be a part of that discussion and um and that's pretty powerful and then you get in there and you start knocking around on some of that stuff and you go wow it's really hard to be a part of that discussion because <laughs> there's so many forces pushing and sometimes you realize you're not the biggest one in the room as a matter of fact a lot of times you're not yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um and so it's uh it is a very important world and and it's also too it speaks again to when we were talking about the addition of habitat as a core business focus for CCA is that the funny thing too is you can't have habitat without advocacy and you can't have advocacy without habitat. And it's funny as that started to crystallize in our business model. Um, it's just, it just screams to you. It, it made so much sense to me when I was really first seeing how we were diagramming that out as an enterprise is that because you can build all these amazing reefs and marshes, but if you're not managing them well, if the agencies aren't managing them, you know, with good stewardship, well, it's not going to do any good and 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 vice versa is that you can have the best management in the world and you, you can manage yourself into a sterile environment yeah, you just got yeah. nothing or you got a no fishing zone or you got whatever i mean it can be just it can be horrendous in all different directions and so there's that careful balance and and in the end advocacy um, is about as key a part of it as anything if it's not being managed right and we say we're very blessed in texas we have very very good state management here um and not every state is that way. Um, goodness gracious, we were fortunate to start a, um, a chapter in California not long ago um, with our friends there. They have some great leadership folks like their chairman, Bill Shedd, and vice chairman, Dave Pfeiffer, amazing people. Wow, that's a tough environment. Um, and then, you know, you look at some states where they're still gill netting. I mean, I tell people that sometimes when their I'm jaws speaking, drop. They, they're like gill netting. Yeah. I mean, they think that's like dynamite fishing. They're like, you're kidding. There's gill netting? And yeah, absolutely there's gill netting. And, um, and absolutely there's drift long lines and drift gill nets and, 
ocean trawlers and a lot of things out there that if you don't have good advocacy to help manage, um, it's it's funny. The bays and the oceans can get small quick. Mm-hmm. So that's important. And as 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 recreational anglers, you know, we're 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 the most diverse crowd of individuals there are in this sort of this sort of arena. And it's important that we have one or two. We have some voices in the room speaking on behalf of recreational anglers and. To the listeners, um, thank God we have CCA in these meetings and in these rooms speaking up for the recreational anglers because it is extremely it's extremely important to have a voice in the process that you know that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you get those, this is my plug. When you get those emails, no matter what <laughs> state you're in, no matter where you are, when you get those action alerts, it's important that you take that two minutes to fill out comments and and submit your thoughts and submit your input in whatever process and whatever decision is being made yeah. because um that stuff has weight and that stuff matters so it it, it does and and again it, even if you, someone might say oh my goodness i'm just one voice you know but what they don't understand is there's a an energy that's created when you do that because usually the person who will reply on that action alert will also maybe reply by helping the cause or reply by getting involved by going to a meeting. I mean, it creates an energy that has its own inertia. And people ask me all the time, what can I do for conservation? What's the best thing I can do for conservation? Well, the number one thing is you got to get involved. And, you know, you and I have a little bias towards CCA. Um, I would strongly suggest people get involved with that. I would, <laughs> I would hope everyone listening is already involved in that. But, but there's other entities, too. You know, there's lots of other great entities to get involved with. Find one that works for you. Get involved and make a difference. Mm-hmm. And... And it's, it, it'll change your life. And and it's not just giving money. It's not just giving time. It's not just any of those. It's all of them. And and getting immersed in that will change everything um, it, it, because it literally is that fundamental to our resources that we all care about. Yeah. And, and, and despite, you know, our current situation that we're, that we're in, middle of a pandemic, hopefully the middle, maybe towards the we don't know where we're at in it, honestly, I guess, but we are in this pandemic, but the work continues. Yeah. And the, the fight still goes on. The yeah. um, advocacy piece is, is still active and still happens. Um, directors are meeting with their chapters, working on plans to, um, to, you know, hopefully do some sort of fundraising events. Habitat projects are still on the pipeline. So the work of yeah. CCA goes on, uh, despite the fact that we're having to maintain six feet or only so many people in the mm-hmm. office. So um, how has that um, spend just a minute. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but just kind of walk us through um, uh, the CCA national response uh, during COVID nineteen. Sure, sure. You, well, you framed it up perfectly because I think the the key thing to remember is the work continues. Um, you know, obviously, U.S. Congress is not nearly so focused on fish when they were passing the Modern Fish Act recently. Um, they're not nearly so focused on that now, but there are still a lot of advocacy issues that matter. Um, where obviously societally there's a lot of other things going on, and those have a lot of weight and a lot of importance. Um, so conservation is probably not on the forefront of a lot of agencies because they're, they're coping with this significant challenge. Um, I get that. Um, but the work of conservation does continue. And as you said, there's meetings going on. Um, there was a lot of rescheduling of events for a lot of obvious reasons. Um, but there's also still... Well, there's a lot of occasions for hope um, in, in that we uh, we can 
there's a lot of things we can still do to make a difference. You can still get involved on a state level with um, the, the, the fishery management pieces that the government still wants you involved in. There's right now opportunities to make public comment on various fisheries that you could be interested in. There's the work of the Gulf Council that will be continuing. There's, again, I don't think that congressional action is completely off the table for a number of things that matter. There's discussions on aquaculture. There's discussions on management of federal fisheries related to an executive order that was issued recently. All of this matters. And, and the occasions for hope there are that you can still make a difference. And, um, and I can tell you this, too. There's a lot of people fishing right now, and that's about as inspiring as anything is that I know with the, the four-star tournaments that, that CCA has in various states, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, and South Carolina, um, my goodness, there's a lot of people that want to go fish and want to go get out and enjoy the resource. And, and I think one of the main things um, that has come out of this that's a positive for conservation is that as people have dealt with this challenge in, in, in their societal life, in their personal life, in their professional life, there's just been a lot of things that have been negatives for sure but the thing that i'm seeing with people as i'm on various calls and conversations with is that people are refocusing on the things that have have been at our core and that's family and that's the outdoors and it's things that are going to be more relevant as we get out of this and uh because that final inning is going to come yeah and the thing that I think we're going to find is that the CCA brand and the message of conservation and of habitat and advocacy and truly having healthy resources is going to mean even more to people on the backside. It's so it's, it is, it is funny um, how the pandemic has affected us all differently, but all same, all in the same way as well. And what you just mentioned, reconnecting mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm focusing on what's important and, and fishing. And, um, those are all positives. Those are all things that we can, that we can take away from this. I got to go fishing with my wife a couple of Sundays ago and, um, we went to a spot that we had always gone to while we were, were, were dating and, and before we had kids and, um, early Sunday morning, we were the first ones to the ramp, got across the bay, went to the spot that we always go to. And, um, a lot of people on the water, mm-hmm. so many boats on the water, more people in the small area than I had seen in a long, long, long time. And everyone was super polite at the boat ramp, really courteous. And, and no, you go first, you go ahead, yeah. you know, yeah. in our spot, we had the most courteous, I'm going to drive by you and blow up your spot that I'd ever had <laughs> in my entire life. It's funny. I mean, they were, they, they, it was hysterical. They were we were waiting in a in a a, uh, a drain basically, mm-hmm. and there was no, no, nothing further shallower except for the end of the drain. But that's where they wanted to go, and so they they mo- they trolling motored in and trolling motored out within uh, you know a, a football throw yeah, from us. Yeah, they went high center on an oyster reef. Nice clanged the trolling motor down the boat made all sorts of noise but they were like you know waving their hands i'm sorry you know you guys have a good day and um i think everyone's just happy to be able to go fishing and be out on the water no i think it's 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 the positive that's always there and and it's funny the crowds on the bay have been astronomical um which should give people hope now this is going to sound like i'm just dead up spinning you here but 
but is that it's funny long ago, and this is coming from a perspective of a fishing guide, is um, a friend and mentor back in those days, um, I was complaining one day about getting run over a lot. And and um, I remember him saying, he was older than me, and, and shaking his crusty little finger at me and saying, you better be glad those boats are running you over because the day you need to be scared is if nobody's out there. And he was talking about the guiding business, but what's funny, he was talking about conservation too. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we got a zillion people on the water, I got just shredded by a boat the other day waiting a shoreline that I love. Um, I've had a couple of occasions to go fish with my friend, uh, Dr. Greg Stuns down in Port Aransas. And I mean, just got just shredded and I've never been happier. <laughs> I was like, this is so awesome because people care. They're going fishing. And if they're going fishing, that means they're embracing that occasion for hope. Yeah. And, and I, and I, it's not just how that's going to translate into the Bay. It's how it's going to translate into society because people come back from that experience better and that's going to pervade every part of their life and that's why i think fishing is so much bigger than sometimes what it gets portrayed because it really is an art it really is a lifestyle it really does matter and it's not about you know price per pound at the dock and it's not about quotas it's about the occasions for hope that are created and it's about the connections that you're talking about and these this vision to take this totally precious resource and and utilize it, not just preserve it in a terrarium, but utilize it and then improve it. Man, that's priceless. Yet you can't you can't put a value on the no. on that. No, it's priceless. It's a priceless perspective to have on anything in your life. Mm-hmm. And and what a great crucible to frame that up in in that our, it's it's our oceans. I mean, it's what matters. And. And, uh, and it's why people dedicate their lives to it, not just, you know, working with conservation organizations or, or federal agencies or, or, you know, charter services or whatever it would be. It's just the people who this becomes their passion and it drives every part of their life. It's super inspiring. Another way to connect with the outdoors is something um, new that you have coming out. Well, two new things, really. You've got a book. Well, you are, you have books out already, but you've got a new book coming out and a podcast. Sure, sure. So take a minute to speak about, for, I guess, first the your 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 new book. I do have a book. Um, it's a goofy book. Well, if you've been listening to me for the last however long, you know it's probably goofy. It's probably pretty much just how I speak. It's a little preachy, and it's got opinions in it, but it's a fishing book. I've done a couple of them. This one's with Texas A&M Press, um, and they, they're great to work with. But it's it's called it's more than fishing, and it's really kind of about some of these themes. Is it's more than fishing? Is it's uh, you know it's got a lot of fishing stuff. That's what it is. Um, but it's also about the things that matter, like conservation and the lifestyle and the art of fishing. I like I said, I've always felt that fishing just often got a bad rap. That you know martial arts are revered as this lifestyle and this mind frame, and culinary arts. My goodness, those have been deified um, as much as any. And then somehow fishing was envisioned as this just sort of thing people go do and go stand on a rock somewhere and throw a line in the water well oh my goodness what have we been talking about i mean (laughs) it's uh it's so much more it it it, you know the art of fishing itself even in its own art you don't it's and it's not even necessarily the guy or gal standing in the pristine stream you know with a perfect back cast it's that same art plays out on a you know a Gulf Front Pier in Galveston, Texas right now. It's, it's all art. Mm-hmm. 
And it's all about continuing to cultivate and improve that. And that's kind of what that book does is just sort of speaks to some of that. And, and really, honestly, um, a lot of the book is reaching out to the amazing people that I've, I've had the fortune of knowing like you and asking them, what do you think? In, in, in not so many words, you know, it's, 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 there's sections on scientists that I've learned from the scientific angler, which has been a theme that I've loved for a long time. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, you combine, you know, I was saying earlier, I have out guides and, and marine scientists were always my heroes, but you combine a marine scientist who's an angler and it's like they got the secret code to me, you know, that they know where the magic door is because they not only like the fish, but they know how to get through it. And um, and so there's a lot of stuff like that. Um, but again, one of my main reasons for writing it was just to promote fishing. It just, it matters. And, and because, again, the fishing in itself is a destination, but the outputs from it um, that come from that occasion for hope, that come from that passion. Um, oh my goodness, that's just, that's, that's just what it's all about. And that's the kind of thing that when you're going through difficult times, again, personally, professionally, societally, it's those things that get you across the, the chasm. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I'll do it. I'll do this is my third Walter Fondernism is he used to say that you can, a, a log can be laying across a chasm and you can, you can hardly walk across it without falling off. But he said, you offer someone so much as a twig to hold on to. And he, he'd kind of gesture his hand out as though he's holding a little tiny twig, and they can walk across it with ease. That's sometimes all you need to get through these times. Yeah. And that hope to go fishing and the hope to go participate in a great group like CCA. um, Well, I know it's my twig right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, and I think it is for, for tens of thousands of people throughout the United States. Well, and that book could be a twig for many people. How, how will they be able to get the book once it's, um, they, once they, it's out? The, it, yeah, it's, it's not out yet. It, it, too, got caught up in some of the uh, the things going on with distribution and printing, whatever all. But they can they can pre-order it on Amazon right now. So um, uh, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Okay. And the title again? Uh, it's More Than Fishing. More Than Fishing. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, kind of fiddling around with titles, and they didn't like my title, so they made me come up with a different one. and. And, uh, and if you want to read some of it, too, i got a website that um, I just open up to anybody. It's patrickdmurray.net. And, um, you know, it's got some of the photography you see in Tide and some of the writings that I've done. It's got a blog that's just ongoing. And it's and it's free, of course. And um, I don't really do any e-commerce on it. You can just go on there and look at it. If you, if you enjoy the, the kind of things that I'm blathering about, you might, you might like the site. It's kind of a fun, goofy little site. And I don't even know if I was supposed to tease it out, but I did anyways. So... <laughs> we talked about you starting a podcast, I so you want it. to roll into that? I know. Well, we've been talking about it. My, uh, my dear friend Shane and I have been talking about that because he obviously it runs a successful one. And uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Oh, my goodness. And I um, love, love all things podcast and, uh, and love ones that particularly talk about conservation and, and advocacy and what have you. But, um, but in sort of chatting through it, and Shane and I had some conversations and I did with a few others around here was maybe trying to launch one that, that was focusing on some of our industry leaders and some people that are setting the pace um, in our community right now. And um, maybe some people that are inspiring, maybe some people that we can learn a thing or two from, um, both in the fishing business, um, but also in in some of the amazing stories that they have. And so there's still a few technical things I need to work through, um, but hopefully you'll be um, seeing, well, hearing um, <laughs> that uh, that sooner than later. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have um, social media blasts and, and uh, information sent out so people can can go and find that yeah, when, just, it's, when it's done just fun stuff to get the message out there it's funny that's why i had originally created that 
that website was that I wanted a depot to put photography and fishing related writing with sort of no confines, you know, that, you know, it's not some subscription thing. It's not anything. It's just there. And, and it's a way for people to hopefully, you know, touch one more spot to see a reason to go fish or maybe read a word that makes them want to go fish and then makes them want to go get involved with conservation. Well, there can never be enough sharing of information and there can never be enough resources for, for people to, to reach out and, and to access. So, um, visit your site and yeah, it's yeah. a great spot. To and, and like I said too, check we're, that out. we're super fortunate within CCA to have some amazing web resources. You know, we got obviously social media presences in all of our states and nationally. Um, but also the websites, you know, CCA Texas, um, has a wonderful website. Um, CCA National has a wonderful website. Um, and you'll see a lot of crossover in the materials there because we try to sort of basically cross-source everything. So we're, we're providing a entry point that everybody can like. And um, there's a lot of great – well, shoot, the Building Conservation Trust one. I shouldn't mm-hmm. uh, shouldn't neglect that one too. We actually um, just, just rolled out um, an announcement of our partnership, a renewal of our partnership with uh, Kenny Chesney. I'm super excited about that and his no shoes reefs initiatives and so there's all these things that probably the best answer is go look at them all because <laughs> there's there's a little different angle in each one of them and they all have value and they all well again the same theme of they all connect all this stuff connects yeah and if it's been a minute since you've seen the um join cca website and and visit it um highly recommend that you go I check it out uh-uh. because it's, it's changed a little bit and you know the the center messaging is still there but there's so much more going on on that website uh, where you can learn more about advocacy, you can learn about habitat initiatives taking place across the entire um, country, and and uh, you, you can look at opportunities uh, to participate in conservation efforts and um, publications, Tide Magazine, all that no, it's stuff. Great. It's I, great. I, I think you're right. That Join CCA site, um, and I'm really, really impressed with it. It's 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 a great resource. Plus, it's just really entertaining. Um, I mean, there's just a lot to get from it. And um, and it's always you know changing uh, within the context of updating and what mm-hmm. have you. And it's it's uh, it's definitely worth visiting. And the good thing is that's probably the one that I should have touted the most, even among the state ones, because it's a portal to all the other state sites too. Right. You can right. you you can. There's no sense in you trying to, you know, Google your way into every you know if you wanted to check out the website of this state or that state. Um, that that one there's there's a link to everything. To start there. Yeah, yeah. You can get the building conservation site. You can get them all. From there. Yeah. All right. So we completed our wade. <laughs> I love it. I'm about what, limited out. What a on great <laughs> metaphor, man! Nicely on, done. Uh, I'm limited out on my 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 two fish personal limit that I usually have. So uh, you're walking back to the boat, but you're going to make one last cast. <laughs> now so, that was really well done. I got to be honest with you. I've always appreciated um, your your ability to articulate, but that was nice. Well, I, I didn't have a segue for one of the topics we've already discussed, so I had to make up for that. <laughs> Last cast, Pat Murray. Last cast. Well, um, I would say what I'm going to do is highlight, again, get involved. Um, and, and again, I feel the need to keep, you know, I don't want to be tone deaf to everything going on societally right now. But, boy, what a great moment to try to see what you can do for the resources you care about. It's, it's a great time to have that energy, if it's not already a part of your life, to start in your life because it will lead you to wonderful places. Um, we will be out of this crisis, and conservation will be as relevant or more so than ever. And uh, I, again, strongly suggest you join CCA and get involved with the local chapter. But if it's not CCA, be somebody else. There's a lot of great entities out there that are working on the oceans. 
working on our bays. And if you want to leave a lasting mark um, on the resources you care, boy, there's just no better way to get involved and get involved on a grassroots level. Sometimes people get, it's getting started is what makes them never start. And they think they're starting on, you know, they want to say, well, I want to make a difference in advocacy. Well, I, I tell people all the time, do you want to make a difference in advocacy? Go join a local chapter and go help them sell tables for their event because that's what's going to fuel the machine. And what they're going to find as they fuel the machine is how the machine works. Once they understand how the machine works, they're going to see where they can best affect the outputs from that machine. And so if, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to get involved, I promise you, um, you know, that the machine is starting back up here as we, as we start to get better and better guidance um, from, our, um, from local authorities and state authorities and federal authorities on, on how we eventually all start to interact again. Um, the, the importance of conservation will still be there. And the importance of properly um, conserving and restoring our resources, again, will have a brand new relevance. How many people have gone fishing of late that normally would not have gone? How many people are not necessarily traveling and going to Disneyland, but are staying and they're renting a family house or doing something on, on the beach or the bay um, that they're going to care more? And, and being a part of that movement for change and, and improvement is, is going to be a great thing to be involved with. You did more than cast. I did. I hooked up. You, I hooked up. I had one you on. walked the dog, set the hook, and, okay. and did a great release. I, did, I didn't know if it shook it at the end because <laughs> it just I, – I, I thought it, it kind of took a little drag at the end. I didn't know. Pat Murray, thank you very much. Enjoyed it. I appreciate it, man. It's a, it was a real honor to be on your show, and, um, and hopefully if I can get one launched, I'm bringing you on. Well, let's do it. All right. Thank All right thanks, you. Pat.